Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Trying to add a call. What's up, everybody? Just trying to find that call, looking for that Money Mike show. What up, law firm? Uh, you should be unmuted. No, you're not calling in, so. What's up? You know I'm recording the call, law firm. I'm speaking to you. I see you in the chat room there. And by the way, this is Donaldson. Here it's uh it's May twenty fourth, eight thirty one. And I'm chiming in to let you all know how I feel about what's been going on in the Patriot community here with all the brainwashing everybody seems to there's a lot of old school people coming out of the closet with their laws that they've been holding on to for years and years. Seems like that's what happened on Angela Strauss call tonight. But uh 
you know, quite literally, some, some of the concepts they've been speaking of, they, all they did is repeat me. Because, I mean, my whole goal was when I first started studying laws was to share all of this information with all of you people. That's exactly what I did. And uh, I basically got blackballed from every, from everywhere because of it, too. And I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not even saying I'm a victim. I just, you know, that's, that was the cause and effect. Cause and effect, you know. So, hey, you know what? Big up, shout out to the law fans. Shout out to the Roddy K. Roddy K, you should be unmuted. Go ahead and start six yourself, dude. Oh, let me unmute you. There you go. What's up, Law Fan? What's up, Roddy K? Hey, how's it going? Where's this brainwashing at? You can't see it? The brainwashing. Well, a lot of the brainwashing happens when I go out there and I do the microphone. I do the mic. I work the microphone. And I, I speak in the prepositional phrases and I brainwash everybody. You know? I thought you were talking about the uh, Angela's uh, guests. Right. Well, here's the interesting thing about it is, like, I felt numb the whole call. You know, this last guest, what was his name? Roddy K., do you remember the name uh, of the guest on the... Yeah, I'm trying not to be too noisy. I got a lot of background noise. Bill so Henshaw. Bill Henshaw. Yeah, like, I really wasn't feeling him. He didn't have, like, super remedy stuff. I mean, he was talking that whole jurisdiction argument. Someone asked him something about codes and statutes, and, and it just got all convoluted. I mean, honestly, I didn't really get any value out of what he was talking about. And honestly, I think there's a huge – people have a huge misunderstanding, okay, about how to uh, properly challenge jurisdiction. He he didn't even mention mere rationality or the different standards of review when it comes to constitutional questions, but he was bringing up the Constitution, and he didn't mention these different levels of scrutiny, and that bothers me, you know? It leads me to believe he well, doesn't, he's never come across the idea, or he's just not mentioning it. I, I would like to uh, offer my opinion on something, uh, maybe a different angle, if, if you'll permit. Please do. I permit. That's from, all right, uh, from, from phase one of my research and uh, other people's wisdom, the uh, traffic, the traffic, uh, quote unquote, thing is the number one interaction that most of us have with government or the corporations, and it's. It looks to be fairly simple. If it's criminal, but it's not criminal, but it is criminal. It looks like some <clears throat> procedures are fairly simple. But here's what I don't get. Here's what mm-hmm. grabs my ass, uh, Donaldson. Is all these all these people, all these guests, and all these questions that people have with their uh, lawful money, their dollar definitions, their claim in the name, how come they can't figure out how to match a number on the inside of their vehicle to the one that's posted? Say that question again. How come they can't match a number on the inside of their vehicle, regardless mm-hmm. of what you call it, a car, conveyance? Right, right. How come they can't master that number to the ones that are posted on the side of the road? 
but they can figure out a dollar. They can figure out a uh, trustee relationship. What Match the numbers on the side of the road. I don't know what you mean. The hang up. Well, we got. Cruise I maybe control. I'm missing the point, but we got cruise control and there's numbers on the dashboard. Right. And to the ones that's applicable to, let's say let's say it's applicable to everybody. Mm-hmm. What's so hard about that number? One one guy just called in. A panhandle from Texas, moron mm-hmm. guy. My <laughs> brother was doing four, a third. Uh, he was doing forty in the school zone, or whatever the case may be. And then he was doing twenty over. He got the case dismissed because he he used lawful money and all. I'm like, well, what? Well, how come he couldn't master the speed limit? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Why do you well, want just? This? Why even if he's totally correct. Exactly, bro. No, you got it. Even yeah. if he's totally correct, mm-hmm. do you really want to justify your brother going yeah. through a Why are you sitting there even zone? trying to, yeah, creating controversy for not, for what? So Because you could have slowed down. Just respect the, you know, respect what the community is requesting, you know. And, and the same person, let's say it was you and I speeding through his school zone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and let's say we uh, collided with his little Johnny. Would he want to apply the same laws that he goes by to us? Exactly. Probably not. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to want that because he doesn't want. Oh, those lack of personal jurisdiction. You don't have personal jurisdiction over me, so you can't tell me what to do. I'm in transportation business. I have a CDL. Yeah. And I see wrecks all the time from truckers. Mm-hmm. People not following the rules that they agreed to. Don't come in with this horseshit about lawful money. Just mm. I hear you that. know. I mean, you know even what? if it's not applicable to you in your personal private automobile. Good point. Good point. It's a good. It's a good rule of thumb, if you will. There the reason why I like that point. You know. But the reason why I like that point about about don't be coming in with like this whole lawful money argument that you paid lawful money is because you know. Under Title 12, Section 411, right, which is merely a code, okay, uh, it, and it's it basically talks about Federal Reserve notes being legal tender, right, and that they are not redeemable you know, for gold or silver, right, but for all intents and purposes, they they are basically the equivalent, right, of 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 lawful money. Only they call it legal tender. So in some way, you could you could get away with saying that you used Federal Reserve notes, which is the equivalent of lawful money. So, there would be nothing wrong with that. He was making basically a stupid point. I hear what you're saying, Roddy. It was, people waste how, time on how, these calls. How would you, you know? feel? How would, <laughs> how would you feel, Donaldson? Back in the day when you had your, uh, I think it was a window washing yeah. business. How would you feel if the people said, well, thanks for cleaning our windows, but we really can't pay you because you can't define a dollar. Well, no, not just that, but you can't, you have no right to demand one type of coin or currency, so we're going to give you a promissory note. <laughs> do, do you see the horse shit of legal common law mumbo jumbo that is? <laughs> well, you said a lot of words we, right there, but I see how We've got to have is. a common respect for each other, a yeah. common set of rules. I mean, even, even though you may not be guilty, and it yeah. may not apply to you, it's good 
to have be on the same page. And let's look at that term, uh, that saying, be on the same page. It's when you try to apply your law to me that I didn't agree to. Well, let me say something. But if real we quick both agree to it, there we're go. on the same page. That's it right there. It's all about application of the law. I just want to quickly say hello to law fans, guest four, and to also your, you, Roddy K. Are you guest four? In the chat, Roddy? No, I'm only on the okay. phone. Okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, no, um, so, yeah, this whole thing about application of the law, I was just looking at it earlier today, and this is the this is uh, the difference between a fact-based argument and an application argument, you know? Like, we're not, you know, this is why they say facts are on the moon, right? Is because you shouldn't be arguing, sitting here saying, yeah, it was wrong for them to do that. It was wrong for them to apply the law to me. Well, truthfully... That doesn't shift the burden of proof just by making the fact that maybe it was wrong, right? But can you provide uh, basically the burden of – can you produce the shift, the shift in the burden that's necessary to get them to actually admit the lawfulness of their conduct? Because that's what we're dealing with. But most of these actions by these public officials are being are, – is, is, they're only using mere rationality, which is the lowest level of scrutiny – for constitutional questions, you know, and these superior courts or inferior courts are, are basically given this little judicial deference, you know, to make these decisions on the basis of mere rationality, you know. They're getting away with quite a bit, in my opinion. But to shift the burden of proof would be pretty easy to do. Um, and one way to do that is to stop showing up generally. And instead... Even if you show up initially, make sure that you file a motion for a special appearance to the, or write something on paper and have it put into the record that you're making a special appearance in that court and you're specifically to challenge the personal jurisdiction because you're not waiving. You're not going to waive your right to challenge the personal jurisdiction because if you don't do that and address that within the initial pleadings, you will never be able to bring that up again like they claim you can when the truth is, you know, I mean, true, there's a truth. There's one thing tolling statutes of limitations and stuff like that because you maybe didn't have the legal capacity to understand the effect of your legal acts and actions. But at the same time, technically speaking, if you're going to file a motion, you know, uh, for lack of subject or lack of jurisdiction in the beginning, you're probably going to be presumed to have the legal capacity or they won't accept your, your motion, you know. Exactly. And I, I can show here in Oklahoma... Once I get, you know, prepared. Like, yeah, cops, when they use the emergency lights, just to question you and ask, like, give me a damn, you know, show me your light. Yeah, they, they, they mm-hmm. can be a certain, certain one. Most of them but are. But you know what, that is a breach of, of the law. Roddy, really but quickly, it, to interrupt you, um, the that's a subject matter jurisdictional failure right there. In other words, they, they failed to actually do due process to establish that that law actually applied to you right there on the side of the road. That has to do with subject matter. So whether they have personal or not doesn't kind of really matter right there on the side of the road. It's all about subject matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, subject some, matter. The somewhere. subject matter would be mm-hmm. transportation. Right, but does that law apply to you? See, they need to do the due process. Yeah, maybe they do I mean, have the right yeah. to enforce stuff, but does it apply to you? Exactly, mm. and, and, and it's mm. clear on the record. These city, these city <laughs> cops don't read the law. They think, okay, I can enforce state law, but it shows also when. And then you go to the state law, and it clearly shows when this person is doing this and this and this and this, that's when this law applies. 
but here's my deal with these calls. Yeah. Is is you're not going to go in and make an argument and say you you're a, a, a black robed queer, you work for the Pope, because if you if you get that information before the jury, that you know there might be a bunch of Catholics on the damn jury. You know they don't they don't care. It's it's well, can you show they violated the law, and did they fabricate evidence to justify their crime? It's it's that simple. Okay. Did they we have laws well, right there in, in plain English. Do you know what a directed verdict is? Because he was talking a about a directed verdict. Remember that in the beginning of the call? He was talking about this thing called a directed verdict. I was listening to something more educational than that. I, I tuned in like 45 minutes in. Okay. Well, basically, um, this directed verdict is a, a verdict. Whatever. Hold on one second. It's a verdict. Entered in, in entered in a jury trial by the court, okay, with at, without consideration by the jury, because the facts elicited during the trial, together with the applicable law, made it clear that the directed verdict was the only one which could have could have been reasonably returned. Um, in civil proceedings, either party may receive a directed verdict in its favor if the opposing party fails to present a prima facie case or fails to present a necessary defense. In criminal proceedings, while there may be... See that one where I said right there, the necessary defense, like challenging the personal jurisdiction, you know, whatever? So so this whole directed verdict kind of thing is what they're doing. The guy brought up a good point, you know? They're using the whole directed verdict thing against us. And so, again, in criminal proceedings, while there may be a directed verdict of acquittal, there may be no no direct verdict of conviction as such a procedure would violate the defendant's constitutional right to a jury determination of his guilt or innocence. A directed verdict may be issued on the motion of a party or on the court's own initiative, sua sponte. So only civil... So directed verdicts are civil in nature only. Roddy K, do you have a response? No, I haven't researched it. So I don't even know. But, uh, okay, so with regard to the whole, like, ch- failure to challenge the personal jurisdiction, this could be a reason why they're railroading everyone through. The whole railroading action is basically what they consider directed verdicts. You know what I mean? Whereby maybe it doesn't matter what the jury decides court will just do whatever it wants, you know, even if they have a jury trial or whatever, you know, the court's just going to do what it wants until whatever the jury decides is not, I don't know, isn't that what it said? Hold on, let me read that again. It said, uh, in civil proceedings, either party may receive a directed verdict in its favor if the opposing party fails to present a prima facie case, okay, or fails to present a necessary defense. Now, that's pretty cool, right? Just that part alone right there. Speaking of civil proceedings and then either party getting a directed verdict in its favor, right, if the other party fails to present a prima facie case, I mean, that's pretty pretty powerful right there, you know, because technically with these traffic incidences are is a civil matter. So to present, a, you know, when they fail to present a prima facie case, then they should, we should get a directed verdict in our favor. You see, that's why they normally do uh, dismiss cases, but we we normally don't stand up and say, "Hey, look, I think you should dismiss the case, Your Honor." 
through a directed verdict, motion of direct to direct a verdict, you know. And we're not gonna we're gonna skip out on the jury because I'm I'm I wish for a directed verdict by this court. I know this court has the jurisdiction to make a, such a you know such a determination, that kind of thing. You know, I mean, you would beat the fucking the prosecutor to the punch because they're trying to make the first order to the judge, so he'll follow. You know, but then you did it through your directed verdict, motion for a directed verdict or something. Kind of cool. But anyways, but again, like here's something else I was looking at earlier. I'm just going back to my screenshots here. Um, because there was actually something that I did want to 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 actually speak about. Where here we go. You guys. Um okay, systematic and continuous activity in the state. If the defendant engages in systematic and continuous activity in the forum state, the court could find this activity a sufficient basis for exercising person in personam jurisdiction for any cause of action against the defendant, whether the cause of action arose from in-state activity or from activity outside the state, i.e., the court will, will have general jurisdiction. However, casual, occasional, or indirect activities in the state are not sufficient basis for this general in personam jurisdiction. Did you hear what I just said? Now, this is coming straight up out of my personal jurisdiction law study, like the per, from the bar review material. And uh, so this is not, I didn't write this, but this came, I forget who the author is, and I have to actually go and, and find the source. But to be honest with you, this is interesting. Casual, occasional, or indirect activities in the state what does that mean? What's an indirect activity in the state? That means one where there's no state contact, no minimum contact with the state, an indirect activity. You see what I'm saying? Nothing directly associated with the state. <laughs> so the idea is yes. that they, yeah, when, you, when, when there's, right, when there's no, when the, in other words, when your activities are indirect activities. That's not a sufficient basis for the general in personam jurisdiction by the state. And that is where yes. a lot of people are fu- fucking up and failing the to state, mention. The state, the state grants licenses for certain occupations. And uh, they offer protection, yada, 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 because it's public. You know, if you have a public activity, that's their duty to protect the public. But don't you think they're just offering a service, to which is basically um, the right to use these laws? No, it's it's the bar association. The laws. They're saying they're saying to one party, you have a license to do it this way, and the public's good. And they're saying to the public, this is a trusted source. We've checked the reg. You know, we've we've made sure they're in compliance, and you can do business with this company because we have a license, and we'll do a regular check on them. That's the way it should be. And if if there's a breach or a problem, you know, we have a investigative unit to to handle it. But Roddy K, are you keep, what are you suggesting about the license? Are you suggesting basically that the license creates personal jurisdiction? Well, well if, you're, if you're like using that. it for an if you're using it for an activity like you're open like okay. nine to five after hours, it's your you know it's your deal. Well, hold on, hold on. Check this out. There's a case, Moore versus Irvis. Have you heard of that one? Have you heard, have you heard me mention it? No, keep talking. i got to do something. 
Okay. So Moore versus Irvis is this case uh, where um, this this black man he brought his suit against a business, a bar that actually kicked him out of the bar. Okay. Um, and it was apparently some during the 70s or whatever like that, right? And uh, he brought a case against them, civil rights violations. And what the court found was basically that the business license was not enough to create a state action by the by the bar, and so therefore they were not liable under the Civil Rights Act, meaning there was no personal jurisdiction by the federal government to actually cause to, to penalize. You see, the person, and so therefore the the uh, the business was not liable for violation of that law because there was no state action. I mean that's that has become basically the standard, bro. I mean they they don't even really look to residency anymore. I mean this is the whole thing about it. If you don't consent, even though you're a resident, even though you're using the zip code and all that stuff, none of that matters. If you just don't consent to being under the jurisdiction, you know the issue is that there is a procedure. For that now, when these lawyers don't follow the procedure, they know knowing that you wish to challenge jurisdiction, then there's a problem because now they can be disciplined for not doing what you wanted to do when they knew the law existed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think maybe there could be some remedy for people found uh, if they actually would start thinking about disciplining lawyers and disciplining judges as opposed to filing lawsuits, you see. There's, there's, you know, you don't always have to file a lawsuit in order to discipline, right, 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 okay? What's up, guest five, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think Roddy K stepped away from the phone for a minute, but I was just talking about disciplining lawyers and judges. Um, I've got like 4% left, so I'm going to hop out of the chat room. You guys enjoy yourself there in the chat. Um, but please join the call because you guys are all unmuted. Everyone can come in um, to the call. But I just want you guys to know, man, like this whole thing about personal jurisdiction um, and challenging it, I was coming up on a bunch of stuff. Like there's a person that I know that had went to jail for a certain amount of years, right? And I found out recently that he found out recently, right, that the the state never really actually had personal jurisdiction over him just because of his specific license, okay? And so we're kind of trying to work with him on this issue and help him get it resolved so he can get off of the state's probation program as well as maybe even get compensated for all these years that he spent uh, in, uh, you know, incarcerated. And the issue would be fairness. It wasn't fair because guess who was guess who was treated unfairly? The children. Think about the hardship, you guys. This this man was away from his children. The children were away from their natural father for a, ser- a period of years, all because of a misapplication of the law. You know, and that's very unfair. You know, to those children. You know, to to de- which is more detrimental? Let me ask you. To allow uh, the parent to discipline his child by smacking the child or grabbing the child in the face, right? 
or to take the child completely away from the parent for a matter of years. Which one's more detrimental? I say the latter, okay? And this is why these personal jurisdiction challenges are so valuable. You see what I'm saying is that we will be able to actually remedy situations where all types of different things can, can happen, you know, reuniting families and things like that. Uh, it's very, very powerful stuff here, you guys. I don't know. I am recording. Is I wonder if Money Mike is doing his thing. I only have 3% left on my, on my phone right now. I'm actually going to go grab my charger right now and put my charger into the back of my phone here so I don't die. I'm also going to grab a beer, and I'm going to yield the mic for a quick sec so anyone else can call in and talk. The mic is open. And just so you know, I'm right here, you guys. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm just, I'll just be right back. All right. So what's up with the Roddy K? What's up with the Roddy? Hey, Chris, have a great night, okay? Thank you for your help. All of everything. Anyway. Yo, Roddy. Roddy K. 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 Roddy
because I think he's on the call real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually merge these calls together. I don't think it's gonna let me though. So fuck that. Let me just read this shit to you, okay? Occasional indirect activities in the state are so are not sufficient, you guys. Indirect activities in the state are not sufficient basis for this general impersonal jurisdiction. Uh, That's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, it says here that statutes that grant impersonum jurisdiction on the defendant's near domicile, residence, or doing business in the state would generally be valid since these constitute systematic and continuous activity in the forum. So that's that's the example right there. So in other words, statutes that grant impersonum jurisdiction on the def- defendant's near domicile. In other words, if you're claiming domicile, that's a problem. Big time problem. <laughs> because first of all, you need to understand that you never had an incorporation date within the state. Unless it was the birth certificate, think about that. The birth certificate could be the certificate of incorporation for you. In other words, because if you look at corporate law, when corporations, on the date of their incorporation, okay, that is... We don't. That's the domicile date. In other words, and whatever, wherever, whatever state of incorporation they have, that's their state of domicile. They're domiciled in that state because that's where they're doing most of their businesses. So when you're talking about corporations and per, legal persons, and a corporation can be a legal person, well, guess what? A corporation can also have a fucking domicile. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but that's the truth. Okay. And check this out, you guys. You're fucking not a corporation at all. So do you have a domicile? Do you have a domicile? Why should why should we have domiciles and corporation have domiciles? See, you were never incorporated into the state. I disagree completely, one hundred percent, with that ideology. Then that you were somehow incorporated, and therefore you have a domicile. So all of you out there who believe you have domiciles need to get out of that. Get out of that habit of believing you have a domicile, because that's this is the thing. I mean, that would that would if you have no domicile, then everything you're doing are indirect. You see. It's all indirect activities, you know, no domicile, not even, so, so you're not a resident, you're not a citizen, you're not, you're not domiciled, you know, and all of this, you know, so the way the state doesn't have impersonal jurisdiction, right? Well, in fact, I don't, this is why they have the standard of minimum contact, because that standard of minimum contact is what the, is the, is the role model now for courts, ultimately. Not not the uh, um, uh, residents or domicile or any of those. The courts can look at those things for, and get... But if you bring up the issue of minimum contacts, then possibly there's, then you could get a remedy there. Moving forward here. Uh, voluntary appearance, okay, check this out. By contesting the case without challenging personal jurisdiction. Generally, if you, so in other words, if you go in, generally any sort of appearance provides a sufficient basis for jurisdiction. But many states allow special appearances through which a defendant can object to the court's exercise of jurisdiction. The defendant usually must make this special appearance by stating grounds for his objection to the jurisdiction in his initial pleading to the court. Otherwise, the defendant will be deemed to have consented to the jurisdiction. That's so fucking simple. 
Okay? So fucking simple. If you guys don't understand that, I'll read it again, okay? Generally, any sort of appearance provides a sufficient basis for jurisdiction. But, uh, but many states allow what they call special appearances, okay? You have to look in your state for the special appearance laws, okay? Uh, through which would through which a defendant can object, okay, to the court's exercise of jurisdiction, okay? The the, uh, the defendant, I mean, this is this sounds like exactly what it is that people want, but they want to they want to say that if you call yourself a defendant, then you're putting yourself under the jurisdiction, and that's just not the truth. That's just not the truth. That's a, that is a theory that's a myth, and everyone. Don't believe that if you call yourself a defendant, that means that all of a sudden you're under their jurisdiction. Don't believe it. This is a good time. More belief in not in that. More belief in good belief. Hey. Let's get back to the call here. Let me see what's going on here in the chat room here. Nothing at all. So I'm going to end the call. You guys have a good one, okay? Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.